Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini and in this episode we're going to talk about a new website that can help parents who might suspect that their child has autism. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, have started a comprehensive new program called Learn the Signs, Act Early. It's a website that has information on what the signs are to look out for if a child has autism, how to talk to your child's pediatrician about your concerns, and how to get help, including the right medical diagnosis. We have two guests from the CDC who are joining us on this episode who are going to talk about the Learn the Signs, Act Early program. First off, Dr. Jennifer Zubler. So I'm Jen Zubler. I'm a general pediatrician, and I have the pleasure of being a consultant with the Learn the Signs, Act Early program. I also have a child with special needs and learning differences, and I have the opportunity to work with families with children with developmental disabilities. And our other guest from the CDC is Katie Green. Yes, I'm Katie Green. I'm a health communication specialist, and I am the acting team lead for the Learn the Science Act Early program here at CDC. Mm-hmm. Um, my background is in communication and health education and behavioral science. And I've been working with Learn the Signs Act Early for about eight years now, Um, previously working in birth defect prevention, but very happy to be um, raising awareness about early child development and developmental milestones to empower parents through Learn the Signs Act Early. Well, let's expand upon that a little bit. What were the circumstances that led the CDC to develop the Learn the Signs Act Early website? Jen may have some things to add. This is Katie again. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a a long history of data now that shows, um, you know, our prevalence numbers around autism spectrum disorders. So we know that one in 68 children is an estimate of um, eight-year-old children with autism spectrum disorder across the country. And the other part of that that we know is that many of those children, most of those children are not identified until age four with a diagnosis or sometimes later. Um, And that's very concerning to us because we also know that parents noted concerns much earlier, sometimes as early as 18 months or two years of age, um, and that these concerns were raised, but unfortunately it took some time before a child was identified. Um, So we want to increase early identification so that those children with delays and developmental disabilities can benefit from some of the supports and services provided by early intervention, which is typically um, services provided between birth and age three. And so that's really what led to Learn the Science Act Early. Um, The way I describe Learn the Science Act Early is helping parents learn the signs of typical development and to know when and how to act early when they have a concern about their child's development, when things aren't going typically. Right, right. And, you know, that is a concern because I I often hear some parents say in conversation or in other places that they think their child or they suspect their child may have a problem, but uh, they think it's best to just wait until the child's in school and see what the teacher thinks. That's not always a good idea, though, is it? No. So this is Jen. Um, I agree with everything that Katie has said and, and can support the fact that there is a need for parents to act early on their concerns. I have seen um, many children in our clinic um, whose parents did have concerns early, um, but for one reason or another, either they didn't bring their concerns up or a physician did not act on their concerns and the child um, was not seen and evaluated till four or older. 
Um, so it really is a concern, and we want parents to act on concerns when they have them. Right. So early screening is crucial for autism. What are some of the things that can be done when uh, a child is uh, discovered early to have autism? Um, so there's many different interventions that a child can undergo that will help them um, with their areas of concern. So children on the autism spectrum are um, unique, as all children are, and so they have areas of strengths and areas of weaknesses. And so um, someone who helps a family, works with families that have children with autism spectrum disorder can help tailor an intervention plan that would be best for that child. And early identification um, also gives the opportunity to, for the parent to, um, to reach out for, for family support. You know, raising young children is difficult in its, in its own, um, but a, a child with special needs poses its own additional challenges. So getting proper family support is also very important, and the earlier that happens, the better for the child and the whole family. Right. So what are some of the signs that parents should watch out for if they are concerned? Well, the materials I've learned the Science Act Early has developed will help parents um, to look for signs of developmental delays, and so these are milestone checklists that are available from ages two months to five years of age, and parents can use them throughout their child's early childhood to monitor and track their child's development. And it looks at their development in four different areas, their language and communication skills, motor milestones or movement skills, thinking and problem skills, problem solving skills, sorry, and social emotional skills. So if they are monitoring their child's development from a young age at two months, they'll be able to see if there are any um, concerns or delays and be able to bring them up early with their child's health care provider. In our um, materials, our milestone checklist, there's also something called an act early box. And there's one for every age. And it tells parents, if they have concerns, what some of their next steps would be, going and talking with a physician um, and asking that physician for developmental screening. And then also gives them information about how to access their state's early intervention program. That's great. Now, um, some parents may be confused or worried about talking to their doctors about their child's development, and, you know, they want to make sure that they're being heard or they're concerned that a doctor might not necessarily be taking the concerns uh, seriously and thinking, well, they'll just grow out of it. What can parents say to doctors to make sure that their concerns are going to be taken seriously? Um, it can be difficult for parents to bring up their concerns with their child's doctor for many different reasons. Um, we do have some materials to help families have those communications, to have those conversations with their health care providers. And that handout is called um, Concerned About Development, How to Talk to Your Child's Doctor. And it's a guide for parents to look at before they go in for the appointment so they can be prepared to have the conversation and have um, information available. For example, they should fill out their child's milestone checklist for that age and write down any other questions or concerns that they have before they go to the doctor's appointment. And then when they go to the doctor's appointment, be prepared to ask for a developmental screener because any time that a child has or a parent or a provider has concerns for how a child is developing, the American Academy of Pediatric recommends that that child would have a developmental screener at that time. You want to be able to and be prepared to take notes. And it's really helpful if the parents bring another person with them so that they can get their questions answered and someone else can help um, watch their child so they're not busy watching their child while they're trying to have this conversation with their provider. And I did want to say and emphasize that parents really should trust their instincts 
um, and that it's okay to be persistent with your healthcare provider. It's okay to ask them questions. Um, so they're not offended. They, they want you to ask questions. Sometimes they're just not seeing what you're seeing at home with your child, and so you may need to be a little bit more um, of an advocate for your child to really explain what your concerns are. And still, it's, it's very important for parents to know that if they're not comfortable with their physician's reaction or if this physician sort of insists on, you know, taking a more relaxed, wait-and-see approach and the parent doesn't feel comfortable with that, we encourage parents to get a second opinion. This is an important thing, and parents should feel empowered um, until they feel comfortable with the response that's taken to their concern. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And if after having that conversation parents or the provider um, still have concerns, if a developmental screener is done and there's concerns, or even if um, the developmental screener didn't show concerns, if either the parent or the provider has concerns, they can access their state's early intervention program for an evaluation for that child. And parents do not need a referral from their health care provider to access their early intervention program. Wow, that was something I was going to ask about, if that does require a referral, because sometimes for specialists you do need that, but that's not a necessary in this particular case? It's not necessary. It's nice if your um, healthcare provider knows that um, you are doing this so that they can um, give you advice about the system and they know to follow up on the results with the child. But if you're given um, recommendation to wait and see and you're not comfortable with that, you certainly can access the program on your own. Now, many parents experience a lot of emotions, of course, when considering that the child might have autism or Asperger's syndrome. And for some people, there are concerns about stigmas associated with a child having autism, which may cause hesitation for getting a diagnosis. What do you say to the parents who are concerned about the kids, but they're worried about what a diagnosis will mean for a child? It can be really scary to think that your child may have developmental delays or developmental disorder. But if you have concerns, it's really best to address them as soon as possible because, again, we do know that early intervention can make a big difference in a child's success in school and later in life. And by addressing your concerns and finding out if your child truly does have delays, you'll be better able to help your child. When you're worrying and not acting, it can make it more difficult for your child, um, and then the interventions that may be recommended may not be as effective as your child gets older. So keep in mind, again, that we mentioned that your child can be evaluated by your state intervention system, um, and they can be evaluated without a diagnosis. So you don't need to wait for a diagnosis. You can access that system if your child has delays but does not yet have a diagnosis. And then later, if your child is diagnosed with a specific disorder like autism spectrum disorder, keep in mind that your child is still the same wonderful child that they were before they were given a diagnosis. The diagnosis is merely there to help your child get the support and services that they need. And then, like Katie mentioned earlier, just the knowledge that your child has a specific disorder, like autism spectrum disorder, will allow you to have more information, feel better, alleviate some of your fears, and it'll help your child get more tailored interventions, and it can give you an opportunity, like Katie said, to network with other families for their support and guidance who may be going through similar things. And then I think as far as the stigma for autism, I think it's really important that we realize that many people with autism spectrum disorder attend regular classes, they have friends, they participate in their communities, they have jobs and have relationships. And uh, out of curiosity, how how early can a child be diagnosed with autism and what kind of of interventions are available? Typically we say that um, a child can be diagnosed um, around 18 to 24 months of age, and that's when the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends specific autism screening 
So if a child were to have concerning screening results, they should then be referred both to early intervention services and for further evaluation by a specialist who's qualified to evaluate a child for autism spectrum disorder. How important is it to get a medical diagnosis of autism as opposed to maybe a diagnosis made by a school psychologist or a teacher? Well, there are many specialists that can make an autism spectrum disorder diagnosis, and they are developmental pediatricians, child psychiatrists, child psychologists, and child neurologists. Um, School psychologists certainly can um, make the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. Teachers cannot. Um, They're just not trained to do the evaluations that are necessary. It doesn't really matter who makes the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, but when you're looking for someone to evaluate your child to see if your child does have an autism spectrum disorder, you want to make sure that they have experience working with kids with autism spectrum disorder, and in particular working with kids your child's age. And your child's doctor, your healthcare provider, can really help um, you find somebody within your area because they'll know people in your area that are qualified to make the diagnosis. And more importantly, it's really beneficial for the family and child um, to develop a relationship with the provider who, um, with a provider who works with families with autism spectrum disorder so they can watch that child over time, see how that child is developing, um, how interventions are working, and then making any adjustments into that child's um, therapies. And then how they're doing as they get older in school, do they need anything else, can we back off on things? Um, And so the specialist can really help families make changes and make any new recommendations and link families to other services in the community and family support. That's great. Now, Katie, can you talk uh, a bit about the uh, website program itself and what parents will find when they get there and uh, how best to navigate through all the information that's there? Sure. The easiest way to find our website is go to cdc.gov slash actearly. And on that site, parents can find developmental milestone checklists from as early as two months of age through five years of age, as well as quite a few other materials that we've mentioned, such as the tip sheets, how to, um, how to talk with your doctor, and how to help the child when you have a concern. Um, all of the materials that we see here are free. Many of them can be printed right off of our website, or you can go to our order form, which we link to, and order pre-printed copies. And they're important for every parent of a young child. It's not just for worried parents, but it's an important activity for every parent. Not only does it pick up when a child isn't developing typically, but it gives parents the opportunity to celebrate their child's amazing development. There's so many milestones that, you know, myself having two young children, before working on this campaign, I didn't realize we're such important indicators of development. Um, and now when I see my children exhibiting them, it's such a, it's a, it's a wonderful celebration. It, it gives me a real appreciation for um, early childhood and all the amazing things that they're learning and skills that they're acquiring over time. And so we hope to, to give all parents the opportunity to see, to see those things as well and also to feel empowered when they're not seeing those things and they know it's time to act early. I did want to mention, too, um, parents might be interested in some of the other materials. Um, Katie mentioned some of them, but there's some really fun things for families, too. There's a children's um, book called Amazing Me. It's Busy Being Three, and it's a children's book that families can read with their child and learn about typical developmental milestones while they're reading. And it's designed for children around three years of age, and we're working on a two-year-old book, and that's free and available online, too. And then there's a growth chart that families can order for free, and they can hang it up, and they can see how their child's growing with their height, 
but they can also watch and monitor how their child's developing um, with milestones that are also on that growth chart. All right, that's fantastic. Uh, is there anything else that you uh, think is important that uh, parents should know about when it comes to uh, dealing with uh, the possibility that the child has autism and uh, where to make sure that they're getting all the, the good information? I think that parents just really need to know that their instincts are typically, um, or their concerns are something that needs to be addressed and that they should um, trust their instincts and bring their concerns to their healthcare provider and that they should feel empowered to have these discussions by using the Learn the Signs Act early materials to help communicate with their healthcare providers. And if they're not getting the answers to the questions that they have, that they should feel like they can take other steps, like access their early intervention program or get a second opinion. My thanks again to Dr. Jennifer Zubler and Katie Green of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention for taking the time to talk to us about the Learn the Signs Act Early program. You can find links to the Learn the Signs website as well as links to the Developmental Milestones Checklist from the CDC on the page for this podcast episode at specialparentsconfidential.com. You'll also find a link for a book prepared by the CDC entitled Amazing Me, It's Busy Being Three, which is for children ages 2 to 4 and explains the milestones and what to look for with your child. There's also links to the CDC's National Center on Birth Defects and Developmental Disabilities and all the services and information that they offer on their website. And as we always do at this point, a reminder that if you like this episode of Special Parents Confidential or any episode that we've done, please share our site with your friends, your family, and all your connections on social media. You can do this easily with the social media buttons on our website. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on Google+, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pinterest, StumbleUpon, Reddit, or any of the other social media sites you prefer. You could also sign up for our email service and have new posts and podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox the moment they're available online. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Pod Directory as a free subscription. And if you have a moment, feel free to write a review about our podcast. Anything you can do to help spread the word about Special Parents Confidential will help us to be able to continue these podcasts. And that's it for this episode of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini. Thanks for listening. <laughs>